It's Topics, the podcast in which two comedians discuss serious topics in a serious way. Mm-hmm. Although, if something funny should happen, that's okay. It's great. I think it's great. Um, we're not necessarily striving for it. We're not aiming for it. No. But nor are we self-censoring. No. We're not self-censoring. We're not editing. Um, I think we have a we, we, we sort of agreed early on in this process that while we wanted to exercise different aspects of our personalities, our thought processes, that if something funny happened, that was fine. That would be okay. You know, humor is part of our matrix. Um, I just feel like our it, – it's so tightly bound up in our DNA. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean you and I, mm-hmm. Michael, as comedians, but I think in the whole human race, I think humor is is – so inextricably part of what makes us human. It's the stuff of life. I mean, I really feel like it's the yes. stuff it's the stuff of life. Yes. And because of that, you think about certain professions like um a doctor mm-hmm. or um a lifeguard or even a fine chef and these are all these are all people who tend to our needs. Mm-hmm. And I think you could put comedian in there as well. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think Patch Adams is such a is such a iconic yes. character. Yes, it's a powerful character because it because it the character that uh, Robin Williams plays in Patch Adams is both a, a medical healer and a spiritual healer in the sense that he makes his the, the young charges under his care he makes them laugh. Mm-hmm. He really does make them laugh, and you know, and I think that. And and as an audience member sitting in in the theater when I saw that movie, I laughed too. Yes, yes, because it's very funny, but it's also very touching. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in in recent years, I feel like maybe people poo poo that film a little bit. Maybe they feel like it's a little too earnest or or what have you. But I would challenge those people to look a little, a little deeper into their their selves mm. and say, you know, is it. Are the feelings that I'm experiencing watching this, do, does it make me cringe because there's something inherent to the film or is there something inherent in me that mm. makes it uncomfortable for me to see genuine human interaction? Mm. It's so interesting. It's so incisive. Yeah, well, I think I think I have a lot of important things to say about Patch Adams. And while Patch Adams isn't today's topic – it's it's probably worth it for the audience to hear from me that I think it's a valuable film. I just think you have a this this scalpel like um, in perceptive quality, and scalpel is very intentionally an adjective that I'm using to describe it because Patch Adams is a doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about what you just said, and, it, and I find it very interesting, is that, well, one, Patch Adams is a doctor, and you said that, so that was interesting. And two, you said scalpel, mm-hmm. which is a noun, but you used it as an adjective. Well, I think if you play the tape back, you'll hear that I said scalpel-like. Yes. 
And so I actually took the word and turned it into, I took the noun and turned it into an adjective. Well, I, because if I were to write that out, you'd see that it's one word. Yes. So, and, and I don't want to quibble, but if you were to look in the dictionary, which I'm doing right now, yes. Look up scalpel-esque. Oh, scalpel-esque. Is that, what, what is that? That is the uh, adge- adjectival form of scalpel. Oh. Scalpel-esque. Huh. You learn something new every day. Yes. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when I'm doing topics. Yes. My good friend, Michael Black. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a good time. Um, and, you know, one of the things about knowledge is it doesn't need to be weighty. It can be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the acquisition of knowledge can be, you know, a pretty good time. It's a different kind of good time than going to the sports bar. Well. You know, with your pals and watching a hockey match. Sure, and having some, having maybe having some. Uh, well, some, some iced teas. Some, or, or some uh, spicy hot buffalo chicken wings. Yes, or some toast points or whatever you're going to have. It's a different kind of good time. Um, I might make the argument that it's a longer lasting good time. Um, before we digress, um, I want to th- mention quickly that we do have um, a two guideline, a guideline on this show, mm-hmm. um, which just for new listeners, I think it's worth uh, mentioning that we do have a guideline on topics, which is that well, we have two guidelines actually. No, we have a guideline and a rule. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The guideline is that we're going to try to cover 80% of our topic in the, in the allotted time. Um, do we always do it? No. Do we often get close? Yes. Have we done 80% or more? A lot of times we have. The rule is – do you want to say what the rule is, Mike? I think people are going to be surprised when they hear the rule. Um, and they might think we're being flippant, but we're being anything but. The rule is there are no rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds sort of tautological, mm-hmm. but what we're actually saying is this is a safe space in which anything can and often does happen. Mm-hmm. So we, well, we it's really, a, a, I, and I think we see it as as a very inclusive, um, uh, liberal interpretation of, uh, what would normally be seen as something, as you said, tautological, that this is really the opposite of that. Oh, it's, it's, it's the anti-tautological. It's so tautologically untautological. Yes. Yes. And there's nothing tautological about it, really. No, no. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're being didactic right now, but that's correct. It, it is the anti-tautology. Mm-hmm. Tautology is actually verboten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to cause a lot of storm and drawing, but I do think that the verboten nature of tautology without being didactic is in fact a kind of solipsism that we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's worth saying and probably worth saying again. Mm. Well, will you? 
yes, the the Sturm und Drang of the verboten nature of the anti tautology that we're trying to do here is actually didactic and stromboli mm. and stromboli. So well said. Yes. It's so well, it's so well put. Yeah. So <laughs> you talked about, well, and you, it's also very sesquipedalian. Yeah. And, and I, and I yes, don't, and I don't, yes, and when yes, I say yes. that, I don't necessarily mean that. No, and, of but course I, not. but I, but it is, it does have this, this, this sort of blatant feeling of sesquipedalianness. Yes. I've so, often thought that. Yeah. So. Um, but, so. But, but, but anyway, dot, 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 but, 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 to be continued. You mentioned something very briefly, almost as a throwaway, and I want to return to it because it jarred in me a question. Hmm. We were talking about going to the sports bar with fellows. Yes. And you said one of the things you might eat. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. Yes, but you described them as spicy, hot buffalo wings. Yes. And it made me think about the various incantations of heat. What is heat? And I know you've been experiencing some hot days in Hollywood, California, where you live. Is that the same kind of heat that you experience when you eat uh, buffalo uh, chicken wings at the sports bar? Well, I think as, 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 you know, as has been mentioned, you know, when we, when we spoke uh, in about the nature of love mm. as with heat is you can't see it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. But it's there. Yes. What is it? Why is it? Mm. What does it mean? Does it mean anything at all? Well, what's interesting when you compare heat and love is that in more poetic forms, we think of love as being a kind of heat itself. Mm. Mm. It is... It is exciting in the way that atoms become excited as they heat up. Talk about that. Talk about that because that's so interesting. When we delve deeper into the atomic structure of what we know as heat, when we look at the actual physical processes that are occurring on the molecular level of heat, what we find is motion, mm. a rapid, uh, I should say, an increasing uh, uh, speed in which our molecules and atoms are vibrating and orbiting and interacting, producing friction, which as a direct consequence, we get heat. Now, mm. when the heart experiences love, mm. we experience many of the same chemical processes ah. as opposed to molecular processes. Uh -huh. The endorphins start accumulating 
um, the serotonin starts pumping. Now, I heard that they're mammals. People think that they're fish, but they're mammals. I'm sorry. I'm not following what you're talking about here. You said dolphins. Oh, no, no, no. You misheard me. Oh. You misheard me. Oh. Um, I said endorphins. Oh. Endorphins. I'm so sorry. Continue. Yes. No, that's fine. It, it, it's, it's actually a very common mistake. I'm, uh, I was so, I, I was, I've been, I'm on the edge of my seat. You were yes. saying. In addition to the uh, endorphins and the serotonin being pumped, blood flow increases and finds its way in um, male members of our species into the sexual organ, the penis. It becomes fully engorged due to the, the increased blood flow. Right. The spongy soft tissue, the spongy soft tissue on the shaft of the penis becomes engorged. Yes. And if you were to put your hand or your mouth over the, over the shaft of the penis, what you would discover is increased heat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, similarly, or I don't know if similarly, but if I put a corn muffin in the, in a toast, in the toaster oven, mm. that, that produces heat as well. And I'm wondering... You're saying the corn muffin produces heat? I'm saying that the toaster oven produces heat. So, now, I, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to clarify for the listeners. You're not saying you need to put a corn muffin in a toaster oven for the toaster oven to produce heat. I'm using, I'm using me putting the corn muffin in the toaster oven as an example of one... An application for an the application oven. for the toaster oven would be a corn muffin. Yes, but one could just as easily put in a scone. It could be a scone. It could okay. be a cranberry. Yes. It could be a cranberry cran muffin. It doesn't have yes. to be a corn muffin. Right. Um, it could be a corn muffin. It and should be. It and should be. be. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, I want to go as far as to say should be. I'm well, just going to say I don't want to choose. You know, I don't want to tell people what they you know should and shouldn't put in their toaster ovens i'm just saying that's something that no but but, obje- but but objectively and i'm not even this isn't even this isn't my opinion but this is this is fairly well established corn muffin is the best muffin i think that's a potential debate for uh for another day but okay uh, i Fine. hear you i hear you i hear you and uh I think blueberry the the blueberry people would have a would probably have a strong opinion about undoubtedly, that. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly they would. Yes. Um, but uh, well, I really wasn't saying all that much. Just that um, you were just making the my, point my, that a toaster oven can get warm if you put a corn muffin in it yeah. and turn the toaster oven on. That's right. Well, that's that, I do think that's an important point, um, and and worth looking a little further into because the fact of the matter is. The toaster oven is specifically designed to generate heat, which is another way of saying there are times when heat is desired. I um, feel like there's a lot of times when heat is yes, desired. I mean, yes, yes. I mean, but the I, application of heat to the corn muffin, and again, it, it doesn't have to be a corn muffin, but I think it should be. The corn muffin is thus transformed purely by the application of heat from something um, room temperature 
to something warm. But and, let, but and thus, but this is the this is the salient point, Michael. And thus, better go. Well, but let's look at the historicity of it because if you go back to the paleontologist, the 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 era of the paleon. The paleontologist. Well, we're in the we're we're in the we're in the era, uh, era of the paleontologist because the, the paleontologist studies dinosaurs. The the Neanderthal. I'm saying if you go back to the Neanderthal. Yeah. So that's you're, what I'm saying. Right. So okay. So we're going back to the 1700s. I'm saying or if you go. If I'm saying if you yes. look. If if it, I'm saying let's really focus on the historicity. Okay. Yes. If you look at the Neanderthal, what changed everything? I'm asking you, like, I, what, what, what was the game changer? Yes, and I know the answer to this. Say it. The introduction of agriculture. Even before that. Right. Because you're, you're, yes, that happened. Yes, that, that happened. But I'm going even earlier. Yes, yes, I'll yes, tell you. yes. No, I'll tell you. Because I, I do know the answer to this. If you want to go earlier than agriculture. The fashioning of, of hand tools. That was also very important. Right. But, but, but do you know what? really blew the doors wide open on all of it. Yes, the skinning uh, of animals to create comfort and 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 softness for sleeping. Pelts. What about what did they do with what, what did they do when they I'll just say it, okay? Okay. Fire. Uh-huh. Fire. Uh-huh. Right. The harnessing and uh and control of fire. Well, that when they learned how to make fire, yeah. That's heat. Heat and fire are very closely related. Yes. And so you're saying that that it really changed the it really changed the game. In what way? Because they had fire now. Uh-huh. They were right. able to stay warm at night. Mm-hmm. They were able to cook stuff, cook things. I mean, prior to, before fire, they couldn't cook anything. They were able to light fires. They were able to burn things. Mm -hmm. They were able to see things at night when, when it was dark. Mm -hmm. Lanterns, um, torches, torches that came a little bit later, but electricity definitely played a role. Right. Electricity was definitely a factor in it. Right. So, I mean, when you say sometimes heat is something to be desired, I mean, I, I, with all due respect, Mike, I think that's an understatement. Yes. I think I, heat, I, heat is heat. I know that for the Neanderthals, heat was a game changer. Mm-hmm. And I think we have them to thank for that. No, you're making a truly compelling argument for the importance of heat, both in terms of keeping warm and seeing things at night and also cooking stuff. Um, Those three examples alone, because if you think about it, just being able to um, um, keep warm at night and see things in the dark extends what? It extends the hours in which the Neanderthals had for meaningful activity. Yeah, writing. They were writing. Yes. They were doing artwork. They yes. were – without light – I mean now we're calling – it was fire, but then it became light. 
they were able to stay up longer and do more work. That's right. And, you know, without putting too fine a point on it, we have, you know, to thank the Neanderthals for the gifts of, as you said, writing in books and design Mm -hmm. and artwork, um, not only for their cave paintings, but also, you know, some of the early watercolors and oil paintings that they did. Mm-hmm. And which, which, which no one is, well, they're, they're primitive. primitive. Yeah. No one's going to say that it was modern work. No. Um, it was representational. It was, it was very much, this is the thing that I see and here's a picture of it, but there, there was, they did incorporate, you know, depth and, yes. you know, there was shadow depth, perspective, shadow depth, perspective, um, good, very good frames. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, on I don't all of think, that, as you're saying, was made possible by fire. by light, by fire. by fire, yeah, by fire. Yeah. Um, and of course, the Neanderthals, you know, eventually died out. Um, what we have some of our some of our politicians and some of their remarks, you you, know, you wouldn't know that they had died out. But oh God, tell I'm me. not, you know, I'm not trying to. I don't want to get too far off course. But some of the things that these people say, just you know, they infuriate me. Mm-hmm. But they're, it's like they're Neanderthals, right? Well, that was the point I was making. Oh, that is that that is in fact the point I was making. Yeah, so. it's a good point, right? And you know, I'm, of course, I'm being somewhat sarcastic, and you know, but there's you know there there's truth in sarcasm sometimes, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 it's it it is humor, it's dark humor, mm-hmm. um, and I want to mm-hmm. bring the conversation back around and shine some light on it and uh-huh, create some uh-huh. heat uh, about it mm-hmm. because I because I don't think we've reached our 80% yet and there there are other other things about heat that I'd like to discuss. Well, it, you know, the you know, when you get into this political stuff, um I get a little hot under the collar. <laughs> and uh and I know that we have some listeners out there who are probably hearing some of the things that we're saying right now and getting pretty riled up. Yes, and uh, the heat index on this conversation <laughs> is rising. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, but we do talk about our anger in terms of heat. Uh, you know, you you raise a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, we become flush, and mm-hmm. and it's the same physical reaction that we get from sweating, mm-hmm. which of course is the body's attempt to cool itself after. Uh, raising its core temperature, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that I, can happen, and, right. and psychologically, and that can happen physically. Well, and 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 so when I say when I would say something, like that, I'm piping hot, mad right now. <laughs> yes. But you're suggesting, Mike, I really am, right? I mean, you're saying I actually physically am piping hot. I'm not. Yes. It's not just a figure of speech. No, when you my mean- my temp my body temperature. Are you saying my core? body temperature may actually be rising. That's right. um, Yes, you you literally need to let off steam. Mm. And, you know, I I may not, I, I may get this wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if I am, I'm, I'm getting it only slightly wrong, but in fact, your core, which mm-hmm. is to say, um, your, 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 your trunk and your torso, mm-hmm. um, can reach temperatures of 150, 160 degrees in moments of stress. Wow. I, I really didn't know that. Um, can you, can you, and now is that, is that safe? Is that, yes, uh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. 
you don't want to get it much higher than that. That's why you need to literally let off steam. Um, I see. I see. So, I mean, it's almost as if, so you, so you said this is happening in the trunk and the, the and the, the, and the core, the torso. Yes. And the core, uh, the trunk and the torso and, and, and you're and saying, the core. I see all three. Yes. And, um, we are so really, really hot. I mean, that's, that's almost twice our normal body temperature, right? Well, body temperature is a misleading in in uh, index because it's actually an average of the different areas of our body. So, like your toes on any given moment might be only fifty five or sixty degrees, whereas your core could, as I said, be one hundred and fifty degrees. I say, I say, uh, because because the heat is not distributed equally through our bodies. Now, would it ever go below fifty five? Would we ever find? Would we ever no. have parts of our body that are actually falling below? Uh, yes, yes. I, I said no, but yes. Um, in rare circumstances, if you're putting your feet in cold water, for example, uh -huh. your feet might get down to, uh, 23, 24 degrees. Um, but your average body temperature would still be in the nineties. I mean, I've heard that if you're, if you have frostbite, right. I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm in a cold environment, and I'm actually getting frostbite. I mean, my limbs are actually freezing. I mean, they're right. freezing cold. And, and that proves my point because if the whole body, if heat was distributed equally throughout the body, then it wouldn't just be your limbs. It would be your knees and your, your stomach and your head and everything else. But I'm saying that I think when, when we come up – when we say that the average body temperature is whatever what, – what is it, 98.6? That's right. Is – they're not including in that study anybody who has frostbite because I think if they included anyone with frostbite into that study, then the yes, numbers would the numbers, come down. the numbers would plunge. Of course, of course. That's it, what it, I. That's what I. Was yes, yes, and that's actually a great point. Um, and w right, were you to do a study of just people suffering frostbite, you would find that that the average body temperature was actually much much lower, okay, much lower. I would and have, so it, I would have and so think. yes, and so you know I think we owe the medical community, um, a certain debt of gratitude for not doing mm. the studies on people mm -hmm. with frostbite because it, it would actually impact the way we're treated. Um, people without frostbite are treated. Well, if you had, if you had frostbite on your toes, let's say, could your trunk and your core still be 150 no. as you said? No, because the because at that point your trunk and your core and your torso are are desperately trying to pump heat into those extremities. Got it. Um, and failing. Got it. And right. failing. Right. Unfortunately. Right. 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 But well, that's, that's sad. Oh, it's it's terribly sad. But it but it but it does drive home the point that heat, at least among the warm blooded, is life. Mm -hmm. Heat is life. Mm. But too much heat is death. death. Is death right? I mean, if you if 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 uh, and that's why and that's why air conditioning is such a luxury. And again, thank you, you know, to the Neanderthals for that. Not for obviously creating modern air conditioning, but for their version of air conditioning. Yeah, and for I mean, introducing you, the idea of air conditioning. If you look into it from a from from a historical point of view, you can see that they had very rudimentary cooling systems yes. in the Neanderthal societies. 
Yes. In, in, in some of the larger Neanderthal cities, they, they had pump pump works that yeah. they would use yeah. um, to cool other Neanderthals. And so, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to get off on a whole thing, but I mean that entire empire, the whole, that whole yes. empire really introduced all sorts of things that we now, like you said, agriculture and, um, aqua, you know, they, they were the first to really do sewage systems and, yes. and all sorts of government. And, and even, even something as kind of, um, pedestrian as antiquing, they were the mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're famous for their, you know, their theaters and their, yes. their entertainment. Yes. Um, it's, it's some, really some, of it, some of it quite bloody, of course. Yeah, but, well, but also some very, um, you know, proto-human theater. Mm-hmm. What, what we would describe as very humane theater, but mm-hmm. of course it, that mm-hmm. didn't that didn't mean anything to them because they were Neanderthals. Well, and their comedy was different too. I mean, they had comedies. Um, the well, sense, but if you, the sense yes, of humor yes. to, to today to today's it doesn't. It seems a little. Yes, it's it's crude. Corny. It it's corny. Yes, it's yes corny. that's a be, that's a better word. It's very. Um, it's, it's corny. It's corny. There's a lot of puns and yes. and things like that. But I mean, you know, it was they a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And um, so, what are you going to do? You know. You know we we. Uh, We've talked on about a lot of different aspects of heat. I don't know if we quite got to eighty percent. I, I I think we're we're right we're, there. We're, 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 I mean, we're hovering. We're hovering. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't talk about heat loss as as heat escapes from Earth. We didn't talk about the sun. We didn't talk about the sun. We didn't uh, talk about layers. But you even know, at, but, wearing but, 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 wearing yes, make, wearing layers, an under yeah. wearing long underwear. Even acknowledging the sun. In this conversation, though, I think does put us past eighty percent. I think you're right. I think and you're so right. I think that's you know, right. Yeah, I don't want to get too self congratulatory about it, but but I, I I do think we deserve self congratulations. Yeah. Um. It look it's it's been it's been a great healthy conversation. Yep. One in which we covered a lot of ground about heat, the nature of heat, and also about some other things too, including surprisingly. Uh, the Neanderthal Empire, which I didn't expect to touch on at all today, um, but I guess it's hard to have a conversation about modern in- innovations without, you know, a tip of the hat to mm-hmm. our, our mm-hmm. forefathers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so. No, I, I, uh, I will always look back on this episode warmly. <laughs> Well, on on a bit of a chuckle, Michael, uh, I say great episode. As always, very thought-provoking episode. I look forward to speaking with you again about any manner of topics. Hello. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Topics. Please help us get the word out about the show by writing us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you'd like to write to us a question or a comment about this episode or any episode, please do. Our email address is topicspodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.